time on caffeine. I'm your host, Erica. And I'm your host, Allison. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, actually, today we are not sipping on caffeine, unless there's some caffeine in here, which I can't tell. But we've got some of these little, like, swoon lemonades. They're naturally zero sugar. Let's crack these ladies open. Mine's pink lemonade. Mine's regular lemonade. They're really cute. And my husband's in the other room, and he's drinking the half-and-half half one, so we all drinking swoon today. Oh. I told you they're so good. 100% of your daily vitamin C. No one in this room's getting COVID. We not getting COVID. <laughs> this week, Erica has a very mysterious case for you guys, one that I still can't wrap my head around. Yeah, it's crazy. It's unsolved as fuck. The research for this case was kind of difficult. I just want to throw something out there. There are just a lot of things that aren't confirmed, and, you know, certain people said one thing. There are different times everywhere. Yeah, a lot of storylines. Yeah. People just came out of the woodwork with some stories. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it, we don't know what's true, what's not true, what really happened. It's kind of fuzzy. If there is something in here that I say incorrectly and you 100% know the real answer, please go ahead and let us know. DM us. Go to our website, anything, email us. Yeah, everything's you just want. crime on caffeine, so it's easy to find us. But um, I want to do this case. Uh, it's kind of local to me. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and this case happened. Um, oh, we didn't even say what the case was. It's Brian Schaefer. <laughs> oh <laughs> but uh, this case happened in Columbus. He was a med student at Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Because someone would, with, someone would correct me. Yeah, they do that with a lot of schools. I went to Florida State University, and they literally call it the <laughs> Florida State University. Nobody says that about Tampa. No, they don't. University. Not the <laughs> University of Tampa. But um, yeah, my brother oh. went to OSU. He oh. kind of guys. I apologize. May I help you? <laughs> my brother went to OSU, so he kind of helped me with this case. So yeah, let's just uh, get right into it. Brian Randall Schaefer was born February 25th, 1979 in Pickerington. Um, it's a suburb of Columbus. His parents were Randy and Renee Schaefer. He had an older brother named Derek. So he graduated from Pickerington High School in 1997. He wasn't at the top of his class, but he was pretty smart. At the time, he was really just focused on athletics. He played baseball, soccer, tennis. He was super competitive. Uh, he was actually the captain of the tennis team. And two games away from the finals, his coach told him that he needed to cut his hair and he didn't want to, so he just quit the team. Oh, good. <laughs> he said, fuck it. Team player. <laughs> but he loved music. He actually played guitar in a band and just always joked about how he wanted to be a rock star. That was his dream, blah, blah, blah. You know, you always have you had those dreams. Mm -hmm. I always thought I was going to be on Broadway. That dream died. Hey, you can still make it happen. Yeah, Broadway hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> he had a long-term girlfriend in high school. Her name was Shelly. They did it for eight years, so uh, it carried on into college. But he didn't bring her to family events, which is really weird because they dated for eight years. He never brought her to any? No. I've never dated anyone for eight years, but like... Oh, my god, I feel like you... you or not introduce them. I'm sure she's met them, but like bring her around your family. Yeah, that makes no like, sense what, to me. six months in? I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Even when you're young. I don't know, but he was kind of sketchy when it came to relationships, and you'll 
see that throughout, but his brother, Derek, said that there was a rumor that Brian slept with one of his friend's girlfriends. He didn't know if that was true or not, or if that's why they broke up, but that was kind of his thought process. Seems sketchy. Mm Mm-hmm. So he did have a huge party phase around that time. He took a gap year after high school, and um, St. Patrick's Day in 1999, he got pulled over in Baltimore, Ohio, at 9 in the morning for driving under the influence. 9 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. It was long late night. that day. Long night, early morning. <laughs> yeah, so he had a DUI. He had to pay uh, like $500 in fines. He spent a few days in jail. Um, and then after that, he... Kind of stopped with his crazy party phase. He eventually started to drink again once he got to college, um, but it was nothing as bad. So he received his bachelor's in microbiology from OSU in 2003. He got a minor in genetics. And then from there, he went on to medical school at OSU. Um, His mom was a nurse. They had a really close relationship, so... People thought that was kind of why he wanted to do that. He was a really good student when he was in med school. He got really good grades. And he met his girlfriend, Alexis, in one of his classes. And at the end of the year, he emailed her to ask her out. Aw, little mm-hmm. email. Evite. Be my girlfriend, question mark? That's literally what it was. <laughs> and, you know, they had MySpace back then, so he used to write about her on his MySpace and put her in his bio. Oh, and okay. I, know, I don't even remember MySpace, but... That's actually how me and my husband first communicated with oh each my other. Gosh. He messaged me on MySpace and he said, Hey, cutie. No. Yep. So, I'm with Brian on that he one. He pulled a Brian Schaefer. Hey. <laughs> Were you in his top eight? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. So yeah, that's where he met Alexis, and they were still dating at the time of his disappearance. So it was well over a year, I believe. But even though he was in med school, he never lost his passion for music. His MySpace bio was literally, I really love music, and this whole doctor thing is just a job, in parentheses, only temporary, until I get my band together and put out a record. I want to own an island someday, or at least a beach, so I can listen to Buffett all day and drink margaritas with my senorita. Oh my god, me too. (laughs) I feel like I'm, like, listening to his little bio and singing that Bruno Mars song in my head. I want to be a millionaire. (laughs) This is just him. He was a big fan of Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, and he said that was the person that he'd most likely want to meet if he could meet anyone. Um, He had a Pearl Jam tattoo on his right upper arm as well. That's how much he loved them. Uh, He also said that he'd burn one down with Bob Marley if given the chance. (laughs) Blaze up, homie. (laughs) So this is really sad, but Brian's mother passed away from a type of cancer called myelodysplasia. I really hope I said that right because I looked up the right. I looked up the pronunciation several times. So I will also tell you what it is. It is a rare type of blood cancer where you don't have enough healthy blood cells, and there are a lot of different types of this. And early on, no symptoms are typically seen. That is so sad. Mm-hmm. So she passed away at the beginning of March in 2006. She was a nurse at Columbus Mount Carmel High Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me. She was a nurse at Columbus Mount Carmel Hospital. And like I said, that's possibly why Brian wanted to study medicine. He wanted to follow in her footsteps. And he and his brother weren't always very close, but their mother's diagnosis is what brought them closer together. Oh. And on his MySpace, Brian had put that his mother was his only hero, saying, she will always inspire me to do my best, and I don't want to let her down. And he described her as the greatest, most wonderful person in the world. 
I'm going to lay cry. I know. That is the saddest. But, I mean, it's his mommy. The funeral. Brian wasn't there yet. Everyone was waiting for him to show up. They ended up having to stall because he still wasn't there. Um, so he waltzes. So he waltzes in with Alexis. He said that he overslept. You're kidding me. Yeah. So he. I mean, clearly he was going through a really rough time at this point. Yeah, but he wasn't coping very well. No, and I mean, who would? He told Alexis that she should move on and find someone else who could make her happy because he was in such a dark place. But Alexis stuck by his side. Oh, you good girlfriend. Uh, his mom also had a life insurance policy. His brother Derek received twenty thousand dollars, and Brian didn't receive anything. What? Why? I don't know. I couldn't find that. I didn't find much about that. I'm. I want to say it's because Derek was older, but mm. at the same time, Brian was in med school and he went to university, and he had a lot of student debt piling up. Yeah. So I don't know. So St. Patty's Day was like a week and a half later. He went out with his best friend Clint and Clint's friend Meredith. Um, Brian and Clint got into a fight, and they didn't end up texting each other for weeks. They might have made up in person, but this has never been stated. They just looked at the phone records and knew that they hadn't communicated online. Wow. And their first like public communication was via MySpace. It was a couple weeks later. Brian's mother had given Brian and Alexis tickets to Miami as a Christmas gift so that they could spend their spring break there because spring break was coming up. It was like the last week of March. That's sweet. Yeah, first week of April. So he definitely wouldn't want to miss it. It meant way too much to him because it was from his mother. She just passed away. So they were supposed to fly out on Monday, April 3rd. Um, there's speculation that he was going to propose. I don't really know if that's true because he didn't have a ring or anything. So you think he had a ring? Yeah, you would think that he would already have yeah. something like that. But who knows? I mean, he seemed kind of impulsive, I guess. And, yeah, you know, maybe he was going to buy one. Who knows? But he often talked about the future with her. He made a joke during finals saying that they should skip their exams and run off and get married. So clearly he did want a future with her. Yeah, he did want one. This leads us into spring break and the disappearance. On the evening of March 31st, it's the first night of spring break. Brian goes out to dinner with his dad, Randy. There's some sources that say that his brother Derek was there. Some sources say it was just him and Randy. So not sure what's true either way. He was supposed to go out with his brother Derek afterwards to celebrate classes being done and spring break starting, but Derek and his wife canceled. They were going to like a comedy show and they told Brian to like meet up with them later because Brian was going to go out with Clint um, after dinner. They were going to go out and just celebrate spring break. Um, Just a little party. Yeah. So Alexis wasn't in town. She'd gone up to Toledo to visit her family. That's where she was from. Her dog was really sick, and she wanted to spend time with her just because she didn't know how much time she had left. I know, it was really sad. There were also rumors that she and Brian had been sort of rocky at this point. Once again, not confirmed. People are saying that's kind of like a reason why she went home just to get away for a few days. People will speculate. Mm -hmm. They will. That they will. Especially with a case like this where there's no answer. Right. So something else that was interesting was there was a lot of tension between Brian and his father at this point. Um, It actually later came out that Brian was really upset with his father because he found out that he was having an affair before Renee's death. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really fucked up. Because his mom was sick. I don't know when the affair started or why he started having it, 
or if she was diagnosed while he was having, I don't know. Oh, it's I don't know the timeline of his endeavors. Yeah, that's so sad. But Brian knew about it, and he was not happy. Well, I mean, why would yeah. he? After dinner, it's about 9.15, 9.30, Clint picked Brian up from his apartment, and they drove to Ugly Tuna Saluna. They planned to go bar hopping in the area. They wanted to venture over to the Arena District. That's um, a big bar spot for Ohio State students. Uh, that's where the Columbus Blue Jackets play. So they started out at Ugly Tuna Saluna. They took several shots here. That's what witnesses say. So right before 10 p.m., Brian called his girlfriend Alexis on the phone. He told her he loved her. He was so excited for spring break with her, just saying he was having a night with the guys. And he said that this was going to give him a, like his last chance to talk to them about her. I don't really know what that means, but that kind of goes along with the whole marriage thing. Like, Oh, like he was trying to get his friend's blessings? Kind yeah, of? I don't know. That's all it said was just... I don't know, but he left a nice message, just wanted to say hi, whatever. So they made their way from Ugly Tuna to the Arena District, eventually to Short North, and they took shots at every single bar they went to. That was what they wanted to do, at least one at every bar. So they went to Brothers Bar, they went to Red Star, um, they were just bar hopping everywhere. So then a little bit after midnight, they ran into one of Clint's friends, Meredith Reed. Um, she was who was with them on St. Patty's Day. So they ran into her at the Short North, and she ended up driving them all back to Ugly Tuna. I fucking love this bar. Brian didn't really like Meredith, but she was friends with Clint. I don't know if they were, like, hooking up or what, but they were friends. Brian was not a fan. They're going back, and at 1.15 a.m., this is CCTV footage... It's shown that they're riding up the escalator to go back to the Ugly Tuna. So let me just explain the ins and outs of this bar. The only way to get into the Ugly Tuna is by taking an elevator up. So in this building, there's like restaurants, there's a movie theater, but you can only get to the bar by taking this elevator that they were on up. So that's the only entrance. There's an emergency exit um, the alarm to that emergency exit was disarmed, so it was really just like an employee like back exit. Okay. And I just also want to mention that any security footage from this year was taped over. What? Yeah, the security footage that shows the exit. What are the chances? Mm-hmm. He was caught on camera wearing a dark green polo shirt over a white long sleeve shirt. Which is, like, the most 2006 thing I've ever heard. Literally. (laughs) He was layering. So I also want to point out that um, one side of the building was completely under construction. There were a couple other doors around the entrance that he could have slipped into unnoticed. But all of those doors just led to the construction. So, like, there was nowhere for him to go. Mm -hmm. And I believe a lot of them were, like taped off or locked or there was security guarding them. Clint described what happened that night. He said they saw some other students they knew. They sat down with him. So it was him and Meredith next to each other. And then Brian with these two girls, Amber Ruick and Brighton Zatko. Clint told him to stick around because he had a tendency to walk away when drinking. (laughs) Clint was talking to Amber. He was actually her TA. And Brian was talking to Brighton. And they said he seemed pretty buzzed, but he wasn't too drunk. But he was flirting with Brighton. He apparently put his number in her phone, and he was kissing her neck. (gasps) No. Yeah, and Brighton did confirm this in an interview with Kelly Bruce in a podcast. She did a whole podcast series on this um, with several interviews. She also confirmed that Brian and Clint were fighting that night, but she couldn't make out what they were fighting about. Some people say that it could have been about Clint watching Brian flirt and 
you know, getting mad at him because he was in the serious relationship with Alexis. Yeah, he keeps telling us that he wants to marry yeah. her. Yeah. But once again, not really confirmed. It's kind of hard to get a straight answer here because the main person is nowhere to be found. The last footage we have of Brian occurred at 1.57 a.m. He was spotted talking to the two girls outside of the bar. So he was talking to Amber and Brighton. And he was continuing to talk to Brighton for a few minutes. Um, and he stepped out of view for this. So then at 2.01 a.m., uh, the bar started kicking people out. Meredith and Clint couldn't find Brian. They call, This is when they call him and his phone goes straight to voicemail. There was a four-minute, less than a four-minute window right here from when he was last seen on the footage to when Meredith called him. So this is a four-minute window we have where he's unaccounted for and then never seen again. They just assumed that he went home. I just want to note that no other bars in the area picked up footage of him either. He was texting a bunch of people and telling them that he was going to have people over at, at his apartment after the bar. Um, but after 157, he never followed up with those people. So, you know, nobody showed up because they didn't know what was going right. on. <laughs> but there were a lot of inconsistencies about him wandering off. People say that he went to talk to the band uh, that was playing there. And then after that, he goes missing. The band actually confirmed to the guys um, on the True Crime Garage podcast that they hadn't spoken with him. They don't remember speaking to him at all. That theory is out yeah, the window. Yeah, whoever story that was didn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, there's a million accounts of him talking to people, him going here, him going there. But the next day, Alexis and Clint were still trying to call him. Clint was calling him at around 11 a.m., I believe. Kept going straight to voicemail. He had plans with his father. They were traveling somewhere this day. Um, Obviously, he missed it. So, red flag. So, this was Saturday. So, on Sunday, Alexis is still calling him, still going to voicemail. And she was super worried because it's like 2 a.m. at this point. She hadn't heard from him. So, she gets back from Toledo, and she goes straight to his apartment car was still there glasses on the table she stayed there that night waiting for him just like slept in his bed because their flight was the next morning they were going oh to Miami. oh my god i almost forgot about the dang flight mm-hmm. she goes to the airport monday april 3rd mubby day <laughs> she was hoping he'd explain where he was when they met up at the airport but he never showed like how would you feel if you were her I how have you I would, not I contacted somebody? I would, yeah, I would have freaked out on Saturday if I I would have oh, yeah. freaked out Friday night if I hadn't heard from him. Even like in the morning, like you're still yeah. not hearing from him. No red flag. I'd call the dang FBI. Yeah, I mean he did have a history of wandering off and like not answering, but I don't know. It's it's, it's your been boy a while. Ryan. It's been a couple days. Yeah, it's sketchy. I don't like that. She and Randy filed a missing persons report. They searched everyone's cars. They brought in search dogs to smell out Brian's scent around the bar in the construction site. um, Because like I said, one of those doors led to a construction site. Um, It rained all weekend and, you know, it had been days since he was missing. So you're going to not have as much evidence, especially because it rained. So the dogs were super confused. Um, The scents were just very misleading. They would stop at places. They didn't find anything in the construction site. Um, The scent led them to a nearby Wendy's. I don't... They couldn't figure anything from that. It could have just been misleading. Not really sure. I don't know. Maybe he walked to Wendy's and was met with foul play. I don't really know. But they searched landfills, like, everywhere. They looked in dumpsters. and But his cousin said no one should ever have to look in a dumpster for someone they love. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't even imagine. 
I guess I don't, like, I never really thought about that. No. And the problem with the dumpster is that they'd already collected the trash. Oh, so that's even why they were at the he, landfills and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh. So everybody involved was polygraphed, friends, family. Um, Clint refused to polygraph and lawyered up. Uh, to some people, this kind of makes him look sketchy, but... I feel like it does. I understand it. Polygraphs are bullshit. Yeah. They're I'm inaccurate. Not, yeah. You can't use it in court, nothing. I mean, personally, I would refuse a polygraph myself. But his reason for lowering... Lawyer- I think I'm too nice to refuse. I think I'd be like, yes, <laughs> I'll take it. His reasons for lawyering up actually made sense. During the search, Randy and Clint got into a huge fight. Randy was yelling at him, possibly saying that he thought he knew something and Clint was keeping it from everyone. So that would make sense as to why he thought he needed legal protection because now everyone's looking at him like he's the main suspect. Yeah, and that's his friend. I mean, he's probably even more sad like that people are pointing at him for it. Well... Yes and no. Derek also claimed that Clint had been speaking poorly about Brian, so that kind of made him look even worse. Yeah, that does. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, Clint had anything to do with it, but a lot of people do believe, you know, he might have known something, which I don't know if that's true. Yeah, he might not have told the full truth. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, but at the end of the day, no innocent person (laughs) wants to be looked at as a guilty person. True. So he just said, anything you need to say to me, you have to go through my lawyer. This isn't confirmed, but people were saying that Clint offered additional info if given immunity. I have no idea how true that is because didn't see anything else about it. And, you know, I don't know what would have come from that. We, yeah. I feel like we would have learned some kind of info. So like I said, there's so many rumors floating around about this case if you look into it. It's really confusing. Amber and Brighton, the two girls from the bar, they claimed that they'd never been asked to take a polygraph, but they were cleared. They said they hadn't seen or talked to Brian again that night after that one instance when they were all, when he was um, on the CCTV. Well, when he was on the CCTV with them outside of the bar. Mm-hmm. And even in that footage, you can see like a police officer in it and everything. They had no idea who he was speaking with that night or when he left or what his plans were. They did mention that when they were chatting, like I said, there was a beige door that led to the construction that was on that side of the building. But that door was chained up and it was being guarded by security. So while he could definitely slip through without anyone noticing, it would have been difficult. So there were sightings of Brian like all over the world, all over the country. People kept saying that they saw him. There was one girl in Michigan who said her waiter had a name tag that said Brian S and he looked exactly like him. And so people were just saying they saw him everywhere. I feel like that happens in missing persons Mm -hmm. because you have that in your head and you're just like, even if he slightly looks like it, you're like, oh my God, it's Mm -hmm. him. That's called, that's called something. Confirmation bias, affirmation bias. I don't know. Something. It's called something. Mm -hmm. May 11th, his apartment was actually broken into. This was totally unrelated, though. There had been several break-ins in his complex, so that had nothing to do with anything. He had a bunch of valuable items that weren't taken, so this person wasn't a very good... They're not a good crook. Nope. So Randy Schaefer went to a psychic who told him that his son was in a body of water. He was freaking out saying he needed to search the Olentangy River, which they'd originally searched it and they found nothing, but he was like, I'm going to do it myself. So he went, he literally fell in and was almost pulled downstream by the current. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, but, you know, they never found it. At this point, I'm about to die. (laughs) At this point, he was just engulfed in the case. Like, he was obsessed. He wasn't getting any information from the police, and he was really frustrated with it. Yeah, I mean, it's his son. Yeah, he was just crazy. 
So he was actually in contact with a woman named Lori Davis who was trying to help him. She didn't know Brian herself, um, but she saw Randy on television. So Lori was actually helping him out. She just was compelled to try and solve this case. She actually created a Facebook page. It was called Missing Person from Ohio. Um, It was made to help find Brian, but now it's used to find all missing people from Ohio. So she's done a really great thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. She was a huge advocate for this case. To this day, she still wears a Where is Brian Schaefer button on her jacket. Um, She's still trying to figure out what happened. And even when they heard about that news from Michigan with uh, the girl thinking that she saw Brian Schaefer, Randy called her and told her, and she was like, okay, we need to drive up there tonight. Before they even went, the police were like, no, the waiter's not Brian. So at this point, with him becoming so obsessed with the case, obviously it's his son, there were times, like, there was one day where he called her 30 times to talk about the case. Like, this was, I, he really didn't have anyone else, you know? And yeah, his wife was gone, now his son's gone. I mean, that's, he's got to be just going nuts in his own head. Yeah, and I mean, it was great that he had someone who was as committed to figuring out what happened as he was, and this wasn't even her child. She was just a really great person. So go check out that Facebook page, but... Um, the case was kind of going cold at this point. Once again, cops weren't saying anything. There are no leads, so no one can even, there's nothing to even go off of. Alexis was doing a bunch of interviews at this time. Randy was writing letters to Clinton Meredith asking for their help, but they just weren't responding. So for months, there was never any activity on his phone or his bank. His phone was either off or dead because it went straight to voicemail. And Alexis would call his phone every single night hoping that he would answer, which is so fucking sad. It's so sad. He had, like, a voicemail where it was him. So, like, she would do it because she could hear his voice. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cry. One night in September, um, it was a Friday night, it actually rang three times. The phone rang? Mm Mm-hmm. She and Randy had been paying his phone bills to keep it, you know, just in case it turned on one day. Yeah. There was no answer. She continued to call, kept ringing, no answer. Saturday, she tries again. It's not ringing, going straight to voicemail. Then Sunday, she's calling. It starts ringing again. No answer, but it keeps ringing throughout the day. Singular, that was the service that he had. I think AT&T, didn't AT&T acquire them? Okay. They said that they thought it was due to a computer glitch. I guess this is really common. This can happen. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. But the phone didn't have GPS, so there was no tracking the exact location, but it did ping at a cell tower in Hilliard. um, That's like 14 miles northwest of Columbus. I don't think that's a coinkydink in my That I have no explanation for. I don't understand that part. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just like a little fast forward, Alexis is now an OBGYN. She's married with two children and she's very happy. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, but it was really hard for her. She sent a lot of messages um, to Ohio State students through like the lantern, their paper, just kind of saying like be safe and everything and the OSU students were really upset at this point in time um, at OSU for not protecting their students more and you know everyone was really scared it kind of made people not want to go to the school yeah I mean I well I can't really talk I went to the school (laughs) that Ted Bundy murdered people at so (laughs) some of her letters we'll post them on um, on our website but they were really sad to read so like I was saying Time's going on. There's still nothing. Randy still doesn't know anything because the police aren't telling him what they have. Because they have case files. Right. They might not have leads, but they have information and they're not sharing it with him. So in 2008, 
This is when Hurricane Ike was happening and it hit Ohio. It was really bad. I honestly don't remember it. Kind you don't of, remember it? No. I want to say it was... I want to say I remember a day where it was really rainy and I lived in like a cul-de-sac and it was literally flooded and my neighbor was outside playing uh he was like floating on a big ball oh my like, gosh in the water. we used to do that like <laughs> here in florida like, the we used to go outside on rafts and like <laughs> just like in our flooded yards that is some florida shit that is such florida shit but so maybe that was when it was um I just, I don't know why I remember that. So Randy was cleaning up after the hurricane. He was going out um, in his backyard to the shed and he was struck by a tree branch and he died. The dad? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. So when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, this whole family. Okay, but. They have one left. Yeah, Derek. And he's married, so at least he has someone, but holy shit, in the span of what what was this like two years you your mom dies from breast cancer three weeks later your brother goes missing and to this day still is not found you have no idea what happened and then your dad dies oh my god i just want to hug that i know i horrible that's so sad I, i literally i could not imagine it whatsoever no i wish him and his wife their family the best i hope everything's good with them because yeah, that's got to be so hard. Mm-hmm. I hope nothing ever happens to that family ever again. Randy's obituary was posted online, and a message was left that said, Dad, I love you. Love, Brian. And then in parentheses, it said, U.S. Virgin Islands. So people were like, holy shit, did he run away and start a new life for himself? And he's out there living on an island like he said he always wanted to? Right, or is it like an internet troll? So just to be safe, they contacted the police in the Virgin Islands just to cover all their bases. Um, they tracked the IP address and it did in fact come from a computer at a library in Franklin County, which is Columbus. Um, so it was a hoax. It was someone oh being gosh, that's what I an absolute dick. Yeah. That's so rude. I don't know who in their right mind would do that. That's where are your damn manners? No, at? that's just messed up. That's like taunting. Yeah. That's really messed up. Like I said, to this day, nobody knows what the fuck happened I'm just shook. I'm like, sorry. how the hell? I mean, maybe Clint knows a little something, but I don't. I don't think anybody knows. And there was like no footage of him going in or out or anything like that. There were, there were definitely blind spots somewhere because he managed to slip. I don't know. I personally, we're we're gonna get into this. Okay. <laughs> something I wanted to bring up was. People were comparing Brian's case with uh, Joey Laboots. I want to say that's how you pronounce his last name. His case was often associated with the smiley face killer theory, and people were trying to connect um, both of these cases with the smiley face theory. I'll get into a little bit about that. Um, If you guys want us to do an episode on that, I would be happy to do it just because I think it's kind of crazy. I don't believe in it. Um... There are people who believe in it, and, I mean, some of the connections make sense. This was in 1999. Um, Numerous college-aged men were drowning in rivers in the Midwest and the Northeast after a night of drinking. Hmm. Um, And people believe that it was a serial killer or it was a group of people that were targeting privileged college men, you know, while they were out drinking so that they were easy targets at that point. Um, And in some of the cases, smiley face graffiti was drawn near the crime scene. So that's why it's called the smiley face killer theory. They actually found 22 smiley faces. 
So it's theorized the victims were drugged, abducted, and then dumped into the water to wash away any evidence. There are several problems with this theory, so it's all speculation, but like I said, we can cover it if you want us to go into detail. This is really, really weird, and at first when I was reading this, I was like, what the fuck? So (laughs) the day that Brian's apartment was broken into, another OSU student named, oh, I'm going to butcher his name. Names are hard. Hiroshi Hayashi, if I didn't pronounce that right, I'm really sorry. He vanished on his way to class, and his car was found near Tuttle Mall after missing not only class, but also a club meeting on the weekend that he was scheduled to speak at. So everyone was like, what the fuck? Where is he? Um, He lived with his parents in Grove City, and he just wasn't the type to run off. So they were like, why the hell didn't he come home? He put a lot of focus on his studies. He stayed out of trouble. Like, he wasn't crazy or anything. He wasn't a big partier. Um, His family actually reached out to the Schaefer family, wondering if the cases were at all connected. Really? Yeah. And Hiroshi's brother even said that he and Brian looked familiar. This is weird. Hiroshi had gone to the same high school as Brian and Julie Popovich. So Julie Popovich is another missing person, and they all went to the same high school. Um, They weren't, like, in the same grade or whatever, but they all went there. So she was from Pickerington, too. She worked at Max and Irma's. Um, If anyone remembers that, do you know what Max and Irma's is? No. Oh, my gosh. I remember when I was a kid. But she was missing, and she, um, her body was found. She was murdered. That's just such a weird coincidence that they all went to the same high school and stuff. I know. Yeah, really weird. Uh, her killer's facing 38 years to life. Um, he was still saying that he didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, they all went to the same high school, so really weird. On May 16th, Hiroshi walked into a police station in Athens, Georgia, and told the police he'd been kidnapped. He said he'd been on his way to class. A stranger approached him asking for directions. The stranger hit him over the head, and when he regained consciousness, he was tied up and blindfolded in the back of the truck. He told the police that he'd been held against his will for five days and was brought to Athens. That is bizarre. He ended up confessing that he made the entire story up. (laughs) You had me going. Mm -hmm. Hot dog. Mm -hmm. He was held on suicide watch. They were waiting for his parents to pick him up. They didn't expect to press any charges, but that was a big load of crazy for nothing. Like, just the fact that his parents reached out to Brian Schaefer's family for it to all be nothing. Yeah. This is really sad. Another theory. Um, So Randy did end up hiring a PI just because he wasn't getting any information from the police. And the PI... His name was Don Corbett. He reached out to Alexis and he was asking her like a bunch of really tough questions about their relationship. He was asking how often they were intimate and he was also asking if it was at all possible if Brian were gay and he'd been afraid to come out. In an October 1st Dispatch article, Alexis told reporters about how she'd been questioning her relationship with Brian. She was wondering if he really loved her. I don't know if she knew about maybe he was cheating or being flirty with girls clearly he had a history of that it was Mm -hmm. thought that he cheated on his long-term girlfriend in high school you know everyone was saying that their relationship was rocky around the time of his disappearance so i think she was having doubts and she was kind of freaking out she didn't know how he felt and then she found his email password um she had most of his passwords already and she kept tabs on his accounts but this one surprised and reassured her because it was alexis love mary gosh he wanted to love and marry her yeah like what the fuck that is so sad all all your passwords better be my name (laughs) i'm gonna be pissed nate they all better be i love erica so much one two three (laughs) all right so we're gonna talk about the main theories 
If you can hear Gus barking in the background, I'm sorry, he's just doing his dog detective work. Yeah, he's sensing that there was a squirrel involved in this case. (laughs) We're going to talk about the construction site first. So like I said, this exit led to construction. They were doing construction on an entire half of the building. So there were several doors in the... They were all chained up though, right? Not all of them. Just the one that he was standing by. So people are theorizing that maybe he like fell into a hole or he was covered with cement or he was like in the walls because they were like building it. Um, In the walls? Yeah. Just because they like hadn't built the walls yet and like maybe his body was there. Like he was drunk and he got hurt and he ended up dying. Police said that it wasn't like this. Um, It looked more like an unfinished basement. So it wasn't like this complicated, super dangerous construction site. It was just... It looked like an unfinished basement. Right. So they were basically saying if he had died there, he would have been found. Um, And the dogs searched and they didn't find anything. And there's people that theorize that, you know, oh, the construction workers accidentally killed him or he did go in there and he died and they didn't want a lawsuit. So they hid the body, this and that. That seems a little. Yeah. Wild. And then, um, you know, there's the theories about Clint, just people thinking that he knows something. People think that he had something to do with it, but they don't exactly know what. This brings us to drugs. So people think that he might have been involved with drugs um, and he could have been met with foul play that way. Whether he was partying and something happened, whether he was trying to buy drugs and something happened. Don't really know, but people think that maybe Clint was keeping was keeping from the police and from right. Brian's he family was holding that, information in yeah, about drugs, whether he and Brian both did them or whether Brian did them. I mean, he was in college. He was in college, but I don't think anyone suspected that he did drugs. There was nothing. There was no information on it. So yeah, I feel like somebody would have had some kind of information, especially like maybe probably his, his best friend or his, yeah, or his best friend. And I mean, you know, that might have been something he would keep from Alexis. I feel like yeah, try to sneak it out. Mm-hmm. There are also theories about the band. There are people that say that the band members killed him and stuffed his body in the guitar cases. Okay, that one I'm going to just let slide because that's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Another theory is that um, he, because this is going based off of the people who said that he spoke with the band. Once again, the band confirmed that they don't remember speaking with him at all. People think that maybe he went and partied with the band and he was met with foul play there. You know, something sketchy could have happened. Once again, drugs. Maybe he was doing drugs at the party and he died or something happened. Some kind of accident and people were like, oh shit, body is hidden, dumped somewhere. So no one knows what happened to him. Uh, There are other people who think that he might have just never left the bar and he died there, was killed there. Um, Maybe drugs or drinking led to his death. Um, They wanted to cover it up. They snuck his body out, disposed of it. Or there was some type of accident where he died. Once again, don't want a lawsuit. Nothing of the sort. They don't want people to know people are doing drugs there, whatever the reason was. So that's why people think that maybe the employees at the Ugly Tuna Saluna had something to do with it, or at least know something. Um, There are some people who even think that he's still dead in the building. Oh, yeah. He's just... He's like a weekend at Bernie's or whatever that (laughs) friggin' movie is where they have the sunglasses on him and he's just dead, but... You think I've seen that? I've seen like four movies. I know. But it is a classic. I'll add it to my list. So Ugly Tuna did end up closing in 2018 after like the senior bar crawl. But they ended up reopening, I think like in the last year or two, Hmm. um, as Ugly Tuna Saluna 2. 
Oh, they just added that too in there. Got a little, <laughs> yeah, a little frisky with their name. Um, Not I want to, but the second. I want to say it's in the same place. If I'm wrong, correct me. I know a lot of people listening probably went to OSU because, um, like, my whole high school went there. So correct me if anything I'm saying about these locations or anything is wrong because I've never been. In these bars, you have I know never nothing. been to the Ugly Tuna Selena too. I have not, nor have I been to the first. <laughs> Another huge theory is that you know, like I was saying before, Brian wanted to start a new life. Some people theorize that maybe he committed suicide when he was drunk. I ruled that one out immediately, just because his body would have been found. Yeah, and, and I feel like. There were, like, no really big signs that he was going to commit suicide. Like, he wanted to marry this girl, and he had these trips planned. Yeah. I understand, like, being depressed over your mom, but he had future plans, so definitely. But people thought maybe he wanted to start a new life. He was so depressed after his mother died. He had dreams that weren't med school, and now he's kind of like, life is short. I want to live my dreams. And he went off to his dream island and was playing guitar and doing whatever. So they thought, you know... He might have done this and just said, fuck it, and Hmm. didn't contact anyone. And those people, that's kind of where Clint comes in as well. People thinking maybe Clint knew or maybe Clint helped him get away. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't think about that one either. There's a million theories. There's a million things you can come up with, makeup, just because there is not a single lead. There's nothing that points to anything. This man up and vanished off the face of the earth aliens abducted him whatever but oh yeah that's a good one (laughs) yeah so i mean 15 years ago this month oh my gosh this month the versary so 15 years and we still have no information that is i mean i just don't understand that at all there's got to be something that we know someone out there knows something whether it's clint or who the fuck ever someone might know something Somebody's got to know something. And if they do know something and they're still keeping it to this day, I don't know how they live with themselves because, like, his dad died not even knowing, like, this family deserves justice. Yeah, and his brother's out there living his life with no answers. This is really sad. Um, This is just a case that I look into this every single day to see if there's any updates whatsoever. And if you guys have any information, I don't know why you would, but if you do have any information about this, please contact local FBI, contact the Columbus Police Department, anything that would help. They even released um, one of those age progression photos, so it kind of shows what he would look like today. Okay. Um, Just because he would be 42. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so if anything does come to light ever, we will definitely give you guys an update. There are a f- several cases that I just want to get solved, like this. I know. Like, Asia Degree and the Delphi Murders, like... Yeah. Those are the three that I feel like I keep up with that I just want them to get fucking solved, and there are three that I don't know if they ever will be solved, so... That's so crazy. That's so why crazy. I like murders and serial killers, because there's, there's an answer. Not that I like them, but... I just have this need, I need to, like, figure it out. See, I just need answers. Tell me who the heck did it, <laughs> because if you're going to tell me that it's unsolved and has been unsolved for 15 years, it's going to drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. It does drive me nuts. Columbus police and local FBI, they still haven't given up. They're still they're still trying to find him. Well, I'm glad they haven't given up. There's still hope. There's still hope. But like I said, anyone with information, call the Columbus police, 
888-235-2358. We're going to put all these sources, all this information up on our website. Um, so you can go check it out. You can read some of the letters from Alexis. You can look at some of the interviews and then we'll also post that age progression photo for you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today was a, a confusing time and one that did not get solved. But don't worry, because Allison's case next week is going to get solved. Yeah, I've got a uh, very interesting man that we're going to speak about. So make sure you subscribe, whether you listen to us on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Just do follow us on all the things. All the things, all the stuff. So that you know when we post. Yeah, and don't forget to give us a little rating. It does help us out if you guys give us ratings. And even if you think that we suck, please give us five stars. Yeah, because we try our best. (laughs) We really do. And, you know, these are just our first few episodes, so we'll probably be good, like, in a year or so. Yeah, give us a year. (laughs) Give us a trial. Give us a year. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week.